So uh, are you doing anything over the break? Ugh, I'm getting that laser eye surgery. But your glasses look so good on you. How would you know? I never wear them outside my dorm. Uh, hello and welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is the final day of Oscars month. It's so sad. We only have one. I mean, literally the Oscars are in two days from when we air this episode. Uh-huh. It's it's so shocking. I'm so distraught and distracted. Well, I have news for you, Brennan. Okay, tell me the news. Time is a construct. Therefore, Oscars month is a construct. Literally made by you. So uh-huh. you need not deny yourself. Horror movies filled with Oscar contenders. So I can just watch them all day, every day? You can do that. I don't know how you will survive, but you could easily do this. Okay, so next week we're watching Predators with Mahershala Ali. All right, I'm down. Oh, oh really? Oh, no, I was kidding. Don't. Well, we already saw that. You haven't seen it. Didn't I see Predators with Mahershala Ali? No. You saw the new one with the other guy from Moonlight. Oh. Um, <laughs> that was The Predator <laughs> and... Why can't I remember his name right now? He's beautiful. The beautiful man. Mm-hmm. The giant beautiful man. Yes. He's the Olivia biggest. Munn. <laughs> That's the only person whose name I remember from that movie. And from if you'd like to hear our reviews and thoughts on that movie, go back to our Patreon thing. What? We did. No. Wasn't it eight for Patreon? Was what Patreon? The, the Predator. Predator. Oh, you mean like, okay, yeah. We talked about the Predator on our massive Patreon dump episode where we canceled our Patreon. I thought you were promoting our Patreon that no longer exists. No. And it's Travante Rhodes. Okay. Anyway, we're here to talk about a movie, but first let's do 10-word reviews of stuff we caught in the past week. And because we made use of our AMC Rewards A-list members we, we really have. I'm very proud. Um, We have new movies to review for you guys. Aren't you lucky? So, happy death day to you. Pretty judgy for a fun, no, no, sorry. Pretty judgy for a crazy, fun sci-fi horror movie. It's judgy? It is judging people who elect to engage in relationships with married men. Um. Well, okay, look. It, it's fine if the other partner is also knowledgeable and consenting of it. Okay. But that was not the case. Okay. I just feel like it's boosting its own morality here. Okay. Um. Sure. My review of that is uh, goes absolutely hog wild, and I respect it for that. Okay. Isn't it romantic? A smorgasbord of carefree fun worthy of its personality-filled cast. And my review is gets lost in its tropes. The final girls, this ain't. That's true. It wasn't that. This, and thank goodness. This is a that. final girls house, Sergio. <laughs> There's no... Okay, yes. Yes, it is. Okay, continue, Brennan. Anyway, um, so here's the deal. We we explained this in the end of last week's episode, but we're, we're you know, we're digging the skeletons out of uh, the closets of Oscar nominees um, in terms of, like, horror movies they starred in before they were nominated for this particular Oscar. But the thing is, this slate of actresses is not 
has not provided for us necessarily. As much as I would love to watch a horror movie starring Yalitza Aparicio, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. There isn't one. She's mm-hmm. a newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the Golden Globe slate. Um, Emily Blunt got nominated for Mary Poppins Returns, and now we're going to nominate her for Scream 101 in <laughs> the 2007 thriller Wind Chill. Here is the plot of that movie. Just before their university campus goes quiet for the winter break, a young woman, Emily Blunt, asks a classmate, Ashton Holmes, for a lift home. The two students set off on their trip and begin to get to know each other. But when a reckless motorist drives them off the road, they find themselves stranded in the snow on a remote highway. As the night grows colder, the two are confronted by a horde, spoiler alert, by the way, a horde of menacing Mm. apparitions and struggle to escape with their lives. So, um, <laughs> Emily Blunt shines in her starring role as girl <laughs> because her no character is named in this movie, which is a trick that a lot of people try to do to seem like more impressive and like pretentious and mm-hmm. like like oh this could be anyone. But most of the time, it's like just give them a name. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um. Anyway, this was I don't know when she filmed this, but this came out after The Devil Wears Prada, so she was already. She had already, you know, like had her debutante ball. She debuted on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we rate our <laughs> we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So let's get let's get let's get cracking. What's your scariness score? My scariness score is you know what? I give it a three. <gasps> Me too, twinsies. Okay, yes. Um, this movie uh, was freaky in that in that there was dark stuff happening. Like it was just dark. It was nighttime. It was dark, and what the creepiest thing about this movie was, they spend quite a bit of it trapped in their car. Once it's like um, trapped off the road or whatever uh-huh. you want to call that, stuck off the road, um, and you can make certain figures outside of the car okay Ooh, because yeah. the car windows are so fogged up and like so iced up. You can barely see what's happening, but you can maybe see things moving. Yeah, you can see these kind of vague shapes just moving in the background in the snow. It's it's creepy. It's really creepy. And as someone who's used to being able to see out my car windows, like <laughs> as freak- a Californian hair flip, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just freaky. It's yeah. unsettling. And this is one of those movies where there's kind of a primary conflict, and then like a secondary terror on top of that. Like, if you're watching The Descent, which I'm in no way saying Windchill is comparable in terms of scariness to The Descent, but, like, in that movie, you're scared of the claustrophobia of the girls trapped in a cave, and then there's them monsters. Mm -hmm. Like, even without that secondary scare apparatus, there would be something intense and chilling about the movie. Mm -hmm. And this is more or less the the same kind of structure. Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt is trapped... Like, in the middle of nowhere, on the way to Delaware, in (laughs) negative 30-degree weather, Mm -hmm. which is, I literally don't have the capacity to fathom what that must feel like. Feels cold. Well, yeah, if I had to guess. Bitterly cold. If I had to guess. No, but so she's trapped in this car with this guy who is basically a stalker. Like, he... like it, this was pre Uber, so at, at their college they just have like a bulletin board of for people who need rides, and she just like pulled this flyer that was like need a ride to Delaware, 
but he only made the flyer because he spied on her phone and saw that she needed a ride to Delaware. And he was like, I can get six hours alone with this hot girl from my class. Yippee. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very clear that he has stalked her. He knows all of her favorite pretentious food items. And yeah, Um, (laughs) I saw you gearing up to say something on the food list. He spent $60 on the list of like gourmet things that she enjoyed like crackers and foie gras and some kind of pickle yeah like french pickles or something i don't know it was just bizarre and she was freaked out about it um to her character's credit but she relented on that pretty quickly she was like i could totally go for one of those pickles how could i have been so dumb yeah because well also she's a she is so mean Mm -hmm. in the opening of this movie kind Mm -hmm. of for no reason i think the i think the point they're trying to make is like oh her parents got divorced feel bad for her it's like okay that's that's a pretty thin reason for her to be so transparently mean to this person for no reason Mm -hmm. like he is literally giving her a free ride to Delaware, uh-huh. <laughs> which a place where nobody goes. <laughs> and she shows up two hours late, like insults his car um, to fit her bag in his trunk. She just leaves one of his bags lying on the side of the road. Mm. She's incredibly mean to him for no reason. I lost my train of thought. Um, but anyway. No, yeah. She just has a really jaded kind of like better than you persona. And... One of the conflicts in this movie is, I guess, seeing how she melts away into welcoming this boy into her life. Yeah. Or at the very least, just not being so icy towards him. Yeah, which, frankly, would be better if he was a better boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he's he's cute, but he's never not a creepy stalker boy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, friend zone, nice guy type, like kind of toxic nice boy situations. No, yeah, you're right. Um, But that's also, that's the primary scariness of this movie. But I do want to say, regarding the pickles, I did write down something that you said during the movie, which is, who the hell eats pickles for fun? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I stand by this comment. True. So that's the primary terror. And the secondary terror are these apparitions. These, like, uh, essentially, you can kind of assume forthright, and also it becomes more clear, that what we're seeing are ghosts of people who have died along the same stretch of road. Mm -hmm. And the way that it builds this up is creepy as hell mm-hmm. i don't know that it necessarily sticks the landing because it kind of focuses on this one kind of villainous cop character mm-hmm. that gets kind of weird and esoteric and whatever mm-hmm. but like there's this person like in a coat that keeps trudging past their car like every like uh, like clockwork mm-hmm. just not listening to them not hearing them just walking the same direction it's it's just really creepy. It's one of the things. It's the figures you see far away in the snow from outside of their fogged up windows. And then they keep trying to like contact this figure. And even just that is creepy. But when they finally do turn it around, mm-hmm. it's this weird like green melted face slug man. It looked like the frog emoji uh, rendered 3D. Yeah. And then it barfs up an eel. It barfs up the eel emoji. <laughs> It's not not everything's emojis. I think and they're it is. surrounded by the snowflake emoji. <laughs> All the snow emojis. Yeah, you're right. Um no, it was just disgusting. Uh and then she's she experiences some kind of meltdown as this is all happening. I yeah. don't know if she was in some kind of shock or if she was just, you know, cuz she was burned as a result of touching him, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was. Um 
which I don't know if that's a comment on like how uh, the hottest or the worst circle of hell is ice. And so they're icy, so icy that it burns. I don't know. Or it's just because it's real cold. It's literally winter. <laughs> but it burns her. Like, it burns a hole through her, her glove. It does. Like it's a ghost. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, the the second act of this movie, what I was totally not expecting. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that there was going to be something else happening to them, just mm-hmm. from, like, vague plot descriptions I had read. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was going to happen was kind of like a scenario like Joyride or The Hitcher or something. Like, some other motorist would be tormenting them. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be, like, a hostile kind of a thing. Oh, they run into creepy locals or whatever. Yeah, just because when they go into a diner before they go off the road, they land in a diner. Speaking of creepy locals. And all the locals in the diner are just staring her down and just being like, oh, look, there's this fresh meat. Um, And then she's in the bathroom at this diner and she's like stuck in it to the point where she's screaming to get out. And no one can hear her. And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. I'm like, are they gaslighting her? Like, were they all in on this? Just the way that they're gazing at her. And it seems like everyone's in on this joke uh, and she's the joke. And we don't know what's happening. Oh, yeah. That is a totally unnecessary, creepy gas station. You're super right. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I anticipated it would be something like this. And then we get kind of like a couple close ups on this creepy guy at the restaurant and like, oh, or, or anything like duel, like something, just someone creepy you kind of catch their eye or piss them off for some reason, and they try to kill you off off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I love me some roadside slashers. Like, they've been pretty good. Yeah, no, like, or not even slashers, but like road trip horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, even Death Valley, Bride of Chucky is a road trip movie, and Road Games. Anyway, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So, I was anticipating something like that, like more of a human terror. Mm-hmm. So when it tilts into the uncanny, the supernatural, it. It freaked me the hell out. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's um, these like three priests that keep walking by, mm-hmm. and when she finally catches a glimpse of one of their faces, it's this like f- frozen blue face, mm-hmm. and it's kind of off in the distance, just obscured by the snow. And you're like, "What am I seeing here?" Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really creepy stuff in the second act of this movie. Worse than anything, they know these people are. There's something off. Like maybe the first time you didn't know that these people were weird or ghostly or whatever uh-huh. but by the second or third time you got to stop reaching out to to people you know yeah that something's up no but they're you, desperate i know they're desperate um but still yeah no i totally agree with that but no just that par- that portion of the movie which honestly was probably only about 20 25 minutes or so this just really got to me i was like this is really effective i was not expecting this from a movie i'd basically never heard of from 2007 mm-hmm. um but yeah and also really scary there's a point where she almost goes barefoot in a gas station bathroom and i was gonna throw up in my mouth um, but luckily she saw the air of her ways and put on her shoes right at the bridge yeah she did walk through the entire gas station barefoot though and part of a diner yeah which is unhygienic probably violates health codes Mm -hmm. and also she's gonna get so many foot funguses Mm -hmm. that's what would have killed her more than the snow or the ghosts that's the sequel wind chill to fungi arrives (laughs) it's her in the hospital and her feet have to be cut off Mm -hmm. anyway what's your campiness score for this movie two all right we had some fun at its expense just because some of the plot details are funny Um, we've been talking about them a little bit already 
I would say I, I'm giving it a one just because I wasn't feeling I, I wasn't really feeling laughing at this movie. Mm-hmm. But there there is a part at the end where she back in the car before the you know stuff went down. Mm-hmm. She took like a picture of the guy, and then at the end she's just looking at a picture of him on her phone, and you were just kind of giggling because it's this really crappy low res picture of him going, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, he just looks so serious and like a murderer and so creepy. Uh-huh. And I'm supposed to look at this picture and think like, oh no, he was gone yeah. too soon. Yeah, the love that could have been. But he literally looks like a murderer. Yeah, it's not a great photo. Mm-hmm. And also, just the clunky old phone. It's so sad. Well, I have no deal with the phone. I had a phone like that once. True. With uh, the keyboard and everything. I know. Um, Any other campy things about this movie? Uh, not really. Nope. Let's move on to effects. I'm going to give this a two out of five, I think. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Why? I felt like they were cold. Okay, sure. Fair enough. It did a good job of convincing me that they were freezing to death. Which honestly could have been a challenge because the interior of the car, they just filmed in like some studio somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of misshapen faces, which affects. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, like creepy, lumpy eel man. That was an effect. That's what I, I counted that. That mm-hmm. was scary. And, like, just some of the dead body effects. There is, like, a kind of a corpse that someone stumbles upon that, like, starts moving. Also, mm-hmm. that was pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. The makeup on the dead was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's true. The weird time traveling scenes were also good. You mean, like, the flashbacks to, like, the cop killing people in the 50s? Yep. Yeah, uh, for what sure. What I enjoy? And really, I don't imagine that this movie had a huge budget. No, it really felt like a student film. Like, in turn, Like... Uh, I would like you to elaborate on that. It felt like this was a student production. I don't know how much more specific I can be. It felt like it was a film done by students at a school. Oh, my God. No, but I, what about it? Because I feel like it, it was slick. It looked professional um, for the they most part. They had a budget. <laughs> These students had a budget. Okay. Um, no, I'm saying in, term, like, in terms of like the small cast, the limited location, yeah. like that feels student filmy. Yeah. But beyond that, I, I didn't really get that impression necessarily. The biggest effect was probably, um, well, I mean, they could have done CGI like at a computer lab. Um, but the biggest effect was probably the fire, the car fire, um, and having someone under a car that's on fire. Uh, but beyond uh-huh. that, like, I, I felt like this could have been a project that some kids did, like, for a thesis project or whatever. Yeah, no, okay, I feel that. And it looks like this movie went mostly direct to DVD. It had a limited release in the U.S. Uh-huh. And it made, like, $285,000. Who released it? Um, that's a, that's a question. Um, it was distributed by TriStar Pictures in the U.S. Okay. And it was from an arm of Steven Soderbergh and George Clooney's company, which is interesting. Maybe that third person was a student filmmaker. Maybe. I I don't know why you're so... You really like to catch on on tangents tangents that really don't affect anything ever. And you like get very excited of them. I like to stand my ground. Okay. This is the hill that I die on. But why this hill? Cause there are such better hills. We just climbed one today. Because I feel like I would be totally, totally smart if I was right. Yep. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> Hi, this is present-day Brennan here cutting in on the computer's crappy internal microphone just to avoid the tweets. This movie was, in fact, directed by Gregory Jacobs, who was a longtime assistant director to Steven Soderbergh and only made 
three movies. This is his second one, and his third was Magic Mike XXL, a gloriously trashy, also Steven Soderbergh-related project. So I guess check that out. Anyway, um, what's your quality score, I guess? Two. Really? Yes. Okay. Two or a three. If it were better, if certain things were smoothed out, it could easily be a three. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands, the movie that I was given, um, I was left with too many questions. The like biggest what? among them was, uh, why were these people stuck at this crosswalk of ghosts? What do you mean? I just felt like those kinds of... like. Whenever a movie has ghosts involved, typically it's someone related to the ghosts or they have reason to be there. Um, like it's someone's ancestor. Or you were picked for this because of a crazy millionaire or something. Okay. It's just stupid and it happened like by happenstance. And no. I'm not used to that. Um, okay. So that's my biggest issue with it. Well, if it helps, I mean, the implication is that like every December 23rd. Um, this... I need more than that. Well, this ghost runs someone off the road, and whoever just happens to be there, he targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I need more than that. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I just do. Okay. Um, well, that can be your reason. I'm actually going to give this a four. A out four? Of five. Okay. I, look, with the, co- with the caveat that I probably will never watch this again. Mm-hmm. I don't think this has a lot of rewatchability. But while I was in it, I was really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it stuck the landing particularly, or at least it it ended as a different movie than what I was hoping it would go for. Mm-hmm. But the whole way through, I felt pretty invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. It was a pretty cheap movie, um, especially in the beginning. I was like, why would anyone be interested in Emily Blunt's character? She's so horrible and venal and terrible and i just watched her in the devil wears prada and loved her in that Mm -hmm. but like she's just so cruel for no reason Mm -hmm. and we never really explore that um i don't know like there are obviously faults to this movie and all in all i'm on letterboxd i gave it like you know three and a half stars like seven out of ten territory Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna land on a four just because i'm going with my gut i'm feeling it Mm -hmm. i want to enjoy something from this month because it's been i always love oscars month but this one's been a little weak probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially when you start with frogs (laughs) which is not a great movie but i i don't know i was on tenterhooks to the point that i needed to pee but i didn't because i was like i need to like continue maintain this level of fright yeah, and I want to maintain the like atmosphere intention of this movie and not deflate it. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see where it's going. That's completely fair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, and I will say there are certain things where it is like, oh yeah, this is there. There are certain things that are a little amateurish, mm-hmm. like in terms of especially when they're outside looking at things in the bush, mm-hmm. and they're like there are extreme close-ups of things that are almost entirely illegible you're like what am i looking at Mm -hmm. there are like three different shots of a thing and none of them you can actually tell what it is in the frame Mm -hmm. um that luckily kind of stopped happening at about the 40 minute mark but before that it was like i i'm getting literally nothing from Uh what you're showing me um yeah so the uh, look i i like roadside thrillers i like emily blunt but there are better movies of both of those things Oh, absolutely. But the this movie just it took me in a direction I didn't expect for this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm going to reward it for that. 
because it so easily could have been like a pretty generic movie, but instead it turned a little surreal and trippy. And I don't, I wouldn't say it was entirely successful in the end, mm-hmm. but I, I'm embracing it. Okay. I had a good time. A for effort. Yeah. Um, I need more than that. So I land on my two. And you need them to be related to the ghosts. Yes, I do. It should have been Emily Blunt's grandmother trying to get in contact with her. She was burned by a cop. See, I'm, I'm watching that movie. I'm vested in that movie. Okay. But this one was just dumb. What if it was Yalitza Aparicio and her grandmother? I'm down for that movie, too. Okay. Give me all of the ghosts. Um, no, I just thought it was kind of dumb. And then the like, uh, she just happened to have a newspaper that like told her so much exposition. Well, they found it in the home of the monks. Oh, okay. Yeah. When were they there? Um, when he left to go explore, um, he found like an old kind of rotted out home up on the hill. Oh. And that's where he found the newspaper. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Anyway, yeah, the the monks, like all characters in horror movies, collect reams of evidence about their exploits mm-hmm. for for any like unwitting young heroine to find. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think that probably about does it for Windchill. Would you say? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, the, yeah. No more words on this movie. And thus wraps up Oscars month. I'm going to tell you what we're returning with next week. But first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and also find us on Apple Podcasts. Sub- give, wow, I can't do any of this. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars um, like you would give to Emily Blunt in any movie. Just imagine we're talking about A Quiet Place or The Devil Wears Prada or The Muppets 2011 where she reprises her character from The Devil Wears Prada or Mary Poppins Returns. Anyway, yeah, our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo and that's that. So what we're watching next week because as you may have noticed, we already wrapped up two of our franchises. We wrapped up Children of the Corn and also The Omen. We will be finishing the Elm Street franchise this month because we only have two left of the ones that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But there are five Fridays in March. If we have, <laughs> let's do the math here. Word problem. If there are five Fridays in March, and we have two Elm Street movies. How many Fridays does that leave us, Sergio? Can you start over again? No, it's three Fridays. <laughs> three Fridays? Yeah. Okay, three Fridays. My final answer. So, um, on the three Fridays in between the two Elm Street movies we'll be finishing up, we'll be doing a super special trilogy. So, next week, we'll be hitting you up with the first Urban Legend movie. What? Yeah, we're going to be doing Urban Legend, Urban Legend's Final Cut, and Urban Legend's Bloody Mary, which I'm very excited for. I've only seen the first one, and I'm very excited to rewatch it and then compare the crummy sequels. And the first one was pretty crummy with, at that. It's, it's big budget and fun. And Tara Reid is there. Okay, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Anyway, yeah, we'll yeah, so we'll see see you next week for Urban Legend for the beginning of a little mini trilogy so we can finish off two little runs in March and then we'll we'll be back in April for like super special new franchises as well. That's right. Get ready for that, baby. We're here for it. But until next week, good luck on your journey. Stay cold, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.